If your goal is to leave your job to do this and grow this business, that is the flag that you're waving whenever you're meeting people. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, I've got something I am so excited to share with you guys. For the last couple of years, we've been recruiting and training virtual assistants for our private mastermind students, and we have now officially opened that up to the public. So if you are looking to hire a virtual assistant for your short-term rental business, then go to strsecrets.com slash VA. And we will recruit, onboard, and train a VA for you. And if they don't save you at least 40 hours a month in admin work, then you don't pay. So I put a crazy guarantee on this because I've been testing this out for the last two years with our mastermind members. And I'm so confident that it works that if it doesn't randomly work for you, I'm literally going to give your money back. So if you want more info on that offer, head over to strsecrets.com slash VA. And now let's get to this week's episode. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Tuesday with Mike and Mike. Today, uh, Mike is up from North Carolina. We're doing our quarterly business review and uh, excited for our topic today. This is probably one of our most asked questions. And honestly, one of the, the biggest challenges when you're getting started to grow a co-hosting business and what should you be doing? Because there's a million things that you could be doing. So what should you actually focus on? Because there's very big difference between being busy and being productive. Mm -hmm. We, I know we see a lot of people spend way too much time on things that aren't going to move the needle, whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously, because it's easy to do and they're not doing the real work to actually grow the business. Yep. Yeah. This, I mean, this is going to be perfect for people who are beginners with co-hosting and just like, how do I get into this? How do I get started? This next like 20 minutes, we're going to share with you the exact blueprint that we share with anyone who's starting this. So I'm, I'm super excited. This is something we worked on a lot of hours to put this together. So it's the first time we'll be able to share it with everybody. So what we've really, what Mike has done is basically taken this kind of blueprint checklist. That's part of the mastermind. And we've kind of shrunk it into six key steps to really get your business off the ground. So we're going to take them one thing at a time. And so step number one is to get very clear on what your goal is. Like, what are we trying to accomplish from this business? Before we start looking at properties, before we start analyzing markets, before we start reaching out to people, what is our primary purpose for starting this business? So I'll let you take it from there. And then I want to jump in a little bit towards the end on that. Because this, I don't want to overlook this. I feel like too many people skip over this and they have no clarity. Yeah. I think just figuring out like, what is your, what's your why? What, why are you getting into this? Is it a financial goal? Is it a time goal? Is it a, you know, you want to just add some extra income on the side, like get very, very clear on that and then figure out like, what are the, not like, what are the next steps that you need to take, but what are you willing to give up to get, you know, 10 K a month, 20 K a month, 30 K, whatever your goal is, get very, very clear on that. You know, people ask me all the time, like, what is, what's the one reason why you were able to leave your job at Google so fast and hit 20K a month? 
is because I literally wrote wrote down my why and my mission statement and my goal every single day. And if there's one thing that I tell people that will help them hit their goal, it's not any pricing strategy. It's not any like like tips on getting clients or anything like that. It is writing down your goal every single day in the morning, ideally, so that you can start off your day with the intention of you are already going to hit 20K a month. So for me, it was, I'm so happy and grateful now that it's what I, I said, September, 2022, um, right before my daughter's first birthday. And I have, uh, I'm bringing in $20,000 a month for my short-term rental business. And I'm now starting my full-time calling of being a full-time entrepreneur. And that I wrote that down every single day and I took pictures of it for like the first three months. I took pictures of it and sent it to you for some accountability too. And just knowing that I was going to hit that goal and why I was going to hit it and because I could have more time freedom to spend with my daughter. Um, and now my son who's eight, eight months yesterday. So that was my why. And that's what pulled me forward faster than anything else. So if you can just sit down and really think about what's, why am I doing this? What's my real driver? And then hold on to that every single day. You're going to make decisions that are going to be tough decisions uh, that come up way, way quicker when you have that first in mind. Yeah. I think a tip that I got from one of my mentors a while ago is I keep my goal card like right on my desk in like a little business card holder. So I see it every single day and then writing it out every single day. And again, we could go down a whole rabbit hole about manifestation, but I will tell you, if you think about it logically, everything that has ever been created from this soda water to the iPhone to whatever, at first it was an image in somebody's head. And then the first step for this iPhone was somebody sketched out what this thing was going to look like on a piece of paper. So it's the first thing of taking an idea and making it real and bringing it into the real world. So you want to write that goal out. It's going to give you clarity, but it's also the first step in the manifestation process. The second thing that I will say, and this completely changed my life, is you get clear on what that goal is, but then you start to foster that feeling that you've already achieved it, right? So there's this interesting phenomena of like people say your first deal is the hardest, and I completely agree. And then there, there seems to be this like crazy hockey stick after that. And it's because you start to generate this belief in yourself that it's possible. So the trick is to generate that belief and that feeling and that accomplishment while you're pursuing the goal, right? So in Mike's case, his goal was 20K a month. I constantly encourage him, like, see yourself seeing that number on your screen in your QuickBooks account or wherever you're going to see it in your bank account, whatever, like seeing that and then feeling that pride, that excitement of like, all right, like now it, it's here. Like I can leave my job. And when you do that every single day, it's going to happen so much faster and you're going to start to attract the resources. You're going to see different opportunities that you would have missed. So just really, really focus on getting clear on the goal. What do you want your week and your just overall life to look like once you are financially independent and start to see yourself living that life over and over and over again. And it starts to create this belief, which then catalysts more action, which gets more results instead of just going to school and doing your homework to check the box of, okay, I talked to three investors today or whatever. I did my homework. But if you don't believe that it's actually going to generate results, it's not going to generate results. It's like you have to foster that belief first and then the results will follow. All right. So one last tip on that. When you're going to visualize, ideally you want to do it first thing in the morning and right before you go to bed because you're 
I don't want to get into all the science, but basically your brain waves are in a perfect state to go direct to your subconscious. So if you're visualizing and creating that feeling before your feet hit the ground in the morning and before you fall asleep at night, that's the perfect time to visualize. All right. So I've been doing this for years and I've manifested a ton of crazy shit. So just trust me on this. Just try it for the next 30 days and just watch what happens to your life. So that's step one, getting really clear on your goals, writing them down and visualizing, seeing yourself hitting them and feeling that feeling that you've already hit them. All right. The next thing, which again, I see a lot of people kind of drag their feet on and take way too much time is to just get your business set up, right? You're going to get, again, you can talk to an attorney, but realistically, you're just going to set up an LLC, basic limited liability company. You're going to get your EIN number. And again, we have a resource in the mastermind that we refer people to that gets it all set up and make sure their insurance is all in place. If you're not in the mastermind, that's fine. You can go to a site like Inkfile or whatever and just get that set up pretty quickly. Don't spend a ton of time on this. Like you don't need to come up with some fancy name. It's just your formal business name. All right. Like short-term rental secrets is its own entity, but that's not the legal name of the company. Full disclosure. It's not. There's some other name. That's the technically the legal name. And we do business as short-term rental secrets. All right. So don't spend a ton of time on that. So get that set up. You're not in business until you have an LLC. Like you're just not. You don't want to do this in your personal name. Yeah, I've, I've changed business names like three times. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. All right, so that's the first thing, LLC, EIN number. Then the next thing is to start to identify markets and your client avatar. All right, this is your business. It's your baby. You're going to be in it for the long haul. Who do you want to serve and where do you want to do business? People ask me all the time, like, where should I set up shop? I'm like, we have students literally everywhere at this point. We're probably in all 50 states. We got to be. So like we've seen it work everywhere. So like, where would you enjoy doing this business? Like for me, selfishly, I love Florida now because I selfishly, I get to travel there and take my kids to Disney world and all this stuff. So like, I like doing stuff in Florida. Mike's got a bunch of stuff in the mountains in North Carolina. You got a place in Raleigh. You like going to Raleigh. So it's like, Hey, I want to get a deal in Raleigh. Like, where would you want to do business? So start to figure out what, markets would I want to be in? And then what types of clients would I want to have? Because there's two, if I had to boil it down, there's two different client types. You have like the pure investor that's just looking to get a return on investment. In my experience, they tend to give you the least amount of headaches as long as you produce results. You're like, okay, here's your ballpark range of properties that you want to buy in. Say it's half a million dollars to make the math simple. We're going to need a you know, based on this project, it's going to be a hundred grand to renovate it and furnish it. So you're going to be into it for 600 based on our projections. You're going to get a 20% cash on cash return. They're like, okay, cool. They're very, very numbers focused. The other type of avatar, if you work in more of like a vacation market is somebody that's buying a second home that they're going to rent out when they're not using it. You can still make money doing that and it works great. However, the conversation is a lot different for those types of clients because there's an emotional attachment to the property. So when stuff breaks or things happen, they're a lot more emotionally engaged and they're highly focused on you taking really good care of that property. So like there's a lot more fear in those discussions than like profitability. So like knowing who you're going to talk to and who you'd rather work with, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Just know that the conversation is going to be different. You know, if you start talking to, you know, uh, a family that's buying a vacation home near Disney World and you're throwing around terms like cash on cash return and ROI and IRR and they're going to be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like you got to understand who you're talking to and simplify 
and address what their needs are. Mm -hmm. You've got a little bit of both. Yeah, I got both. I got pure investors. I got, you know, people that have second homes. that want to just kind of rent it out, just kind of break even. Yep. Not everybody like wants to get this massive return. Right? No. They want to, they want to have a home that they can visit, but also. And it pays for itself. It, and it pays for itself. Exactly. So, you know, we, we talked, the number one thing that we just said earlier was get clear on what your goal is. It's the same thing for when you're working with clients. It's what are their goals and can you hit those goals? Like, do you, are you willing to hit those goals for them, with them? And then they pay you money for that. Like it's, it's very simple. Yep. So it, it, I love that you brought that up too. And the other thing I'll say is when you're starting this, it's very easy to say, I just want to make money, right? I, I don't really care where my market is. I just want to go to the most profitable market. Well, it's not deep enough. That's like saying, you know, like people come to me and they say, I want to make 200K a month. It's like, okay, why? Like, why do you want to do that? What is that going to give you? And what are you willing to give in return? So you have to be much more specific on like your market, one, your goal, but your market and why you want to be in that market. Because you could be, you know, focusing on just pure investors that are in bigger, like more commercial markets, like what I call like a class type of cities, like a kind of not a, like a New York city or, a, or an LA, but like a, and like a, like a Columbus, like a, I guess let's call them B class cities. So about like a Nashville. Yeah. Like a Nashville, right. They're, they're pure investors that you're going to want to work with, but they have different goals. So, and the margins, they may be slimmer because there's more competition in that area too. So I always say you need to carve out your niche in your market as well. So think about like, all right, what is your background? Are you, do you have a background in, you know, technology sales? Like for me, I had a, I worked for Google, so um, had a big background in tech. And so I could use that network to like kind of just leverage, hey, there's a bunch of tech people in my, you know, network that I can go tell them, hey, look at all the benefits of short-term rentals. Yeah. If you're, a, you know, currently a doctor, a lawyer, a physical therapist, if you're a real estate agent, I mean, that's, that's just the perfect niche to just kind of carve out this, this short-term rental business by knowing your numbers. So what is your, what is your market? And then what is your niche inside that market too? Like if you, if you've been traveling to like Jayla is a great example. She lives in Santa Barbara, California. She has a ton of family in Stowe, Vermont. So she can, she has, she has family there, but she's been traveling there for a long time. She's, I think 26 properties in Stowe, Vermont. She lives in Santa Barbara. So if you, and she carved out her niche because she'd been traveling there for a long time. She had, she built relationships. She knew agents. She knew she had a good boost on the ground team. So where do you have that inside your network? We got people up in Canada too that have friends that live in Florida, live in Texas, live in California, live in like these big markets so they can run their business from Canada and still co-host and, and property manage down in the States. So getting very clear on your market and then carving out like that niche inside that market. And it's, it's not only your, it's, it's mainly your client niche. Yeah. You know, it's your who, it's your owner niche. It's not necessarily like your, your property niche. So um, keep that in the forefront when you're starting this. The only other thing I'll say about identifying the markets too, is once you identify some markets, again, have fun with this, like write down your, mm -hmm. your dream list of like, if you could have properties anywhere, where would you want them? And then the next step is to research the regulations in that market, because it's going to vary widely depending where you go. And you got to have a knowledge of that. Otherwise you don't want to, you know, set up shop somewhere, get things going and then have the rug pulled out from underneath you. So you got to do your homework 
you can look online, but then ideally call the town, call the city, see what the regulations are, what's the permitting process, any restrictions, all of that. So you're always playing above board. Somebody just wrote us a book here. Um, <laughs> would you advise against going into multiple markets in the U.S. early on in your co-hosting business? We picked up our first property two months ago, and the investor would like us to take on another property in New Jersey. Additionally, we stayed in an Airbnb property while visiting family in Oregon Coast. And after we reached out to the owner about co-hosting, that also turned into a deal. So we will be taking on taking her two properties on in the next 30 days that we've been able to grab. So there's no right or wrong way to do this. What I would advise people is to concentrate on one market, maybe two at the most. Okay. I went wide. Like most of you guys know my story at this point. I was in five states within 15 months. I went really wide really fast. However, if you look at our students that have had the most success, like you and other people, they've really niched down in a certain geographic area. Even if it's not one state, it might be New England as an example or whatever. And I think the reason for that is a couple. Like one, you build one rock star team. The hardest work, in my opinion, once you get up and running is building really solid boots on the ground like he talked about. So I had to build five different teams instead of just one really good team, right? Like that's the first thing. The second thing comes down to like branding and scalability, all right? So most of you listen to me and Mike because we specialize in short-term rentals, right? I've got over 100 units all over the place, but let's just say I had three short-term rentals and three uh, multi-unit apartments and 25 self-storage and 55 office space, you wouldn't look at me as the expert on short-term rentals. You'd look at me as a pretty well-rounded real estate investor, but maybe you wouldn't listen to me quite as much on the short-term rentals because I'm in a lot of different things. But because I specialized, I've become a subject matter expert in this thing. So the students, in my opinion, that have grown the fastest have become the subject matter experts in that specific market. Like Rex was on Friday. He talked about it. He dominated the Poconos. They went all in on the Poconos. Right. And they scaled that up. So him and Nate were able to leave their jobs within two years. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that would be my recommendation. If you've got a really good deal and you want to take it, then take it. Just again, getting clear on what your goals are of where do you want to take this thing in the future? You know, a lot of people talk about building up this business in order to sell it. It'd be a lot. It'd be very challenging for me to sell my business because I'm so geographically dispersed. Mike, on the other hand, probably a pretty easy transaction for somebody that wanted to grow in his market. You know what I mean? So, just thinking through, there's not a right or a wrong answer. You just want to think through what are the implications. Yeah. And as you grow too, I mean, you can add properties and you can, you can drop properties too. So if like, if it's not fitting your business model and it's not serving you and serving what your goal was, just like what we talked about at the beginning, you can drop that property. Yeah. You know, you just have, I've dropped, I think three different owners and it, it's a simple conversation is, Hey, is the, you know, our company's changing. We need to make some changes. Um, here's a list of two other property managers that, you know, I know or can recommend and you just, you move on from it. So that's the biggest thing is like, you don't want to burn the bridges, but at the same time, you need to be serving yourself and your family first so that you can, can grow and end up hitting your goals way faster. And I think if you, in my opinion, from what I've seen from the members, this can, this and the next thing that we'll talk about tends to drag on the longest from like making a decision of what market they want to be in. Mm -hmm. So what I always advise people and like what the coaches will do with them is we'll give them like a window of like two weeks, three weeks, 
at most, it's like, okay, let's pick one or two markets and start to go all in and just start analyzing deals, seeing if numbers pencil out, like, is this going to make sense? And then move on to the next one, right? So give it some thought, but don't sit on this for six months. Like you're going to waste too much time, right? Which brings us to step number four, where I see people spend way too much time, which is designing your logo, your company website, Google my business page, like email account, all of that. Like give yourself two weeks max to like pick out a formal company name, a logo. You can hire somebody on Fiverr. You can do it on Canva, like whatever you want to do. I built my first site on Wix in like two days. It's going to be really simple at the beginning because there's not a lot going on there yet, right? So it's like, who are you? What's your story? Why should people work with you? And what do you specialize in? Like in a contact form, like that's it. It's a virtual business card so that it sets you up as a legitimate business, but don't overthink it. Like keep it really simple as your portfolio grows and you start working on direct bookings that will evolve over time. But at the beginning, pick a name, don't overcomplicate it. Have somebody design you a logo. Again, you can change that later. It's not a big deal to like rebrand down the line, but then you really want to spend your time like, Pounding pavement, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. So yeah. I know you've dealt with that a lot on the coaching side. Yeah, so. totally agree. I mean, you can, uh, you said two weeks. I mean, you can honestly knock that out in an afternoon. I mean, the, the formation of the business, that'll take two weeks, but getting your website set up, getting your logo done, um, getting Google My Business done, it should be an afternoon. You can yeah. go to yourbnbproperty.com. You can go look at my, my website. It's super simple. I actually just, I made it simpler. It used to be more complex, but yeah, yourbnbproperty.com. Yeah. Um, go check it out. Mine's a mess right now. I'm not even going to share it because it's like <laughs> hideous. It needs to completely get redone because we tried to bridge like a direct booking site and it was just a mess. And I honestly haven't cared at this point because yeah. it's not driving business for me right now. But yeah, Mike's is a good template to use. Keep it simple. All right. So step number five is your credibility pack and your elevator pitch, right? So like once you get clear on what you're about, who you're going to serve, then you put together ideally like a one or two pager, like summarizing that so that when you go to client meetings, you have something that shows, here's what we're all about. Here's how we do it. Here's the different systems that we use. We're going to take better care of your property than anybody else. We're going to generate you more revenue than anybody else because of X, Y, Z, right? And once I like figured that out. I came with a set of projections for them. I came with a list of all the tech and some images of all the tech that we put in there, you know, from the, the Wi-Fi door locks to the security cameras, to the noise monitoring, all those things to show them, like, we're going to take really good care of your property. And then showing them like, here's all the different softwares that we use to maximize your exposure and your bookings and your pricing and make sure everything is really dialed in. Like keep it simple, but you want to have that. And then you want to start to rehearse like, when somebody asks you, what do you do? And it was interesting because for the longest time, when people asked me what I did, I would just puke out like I'm a CPA. Cause like that was my identity for so long. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you do now for a job, when somebody asks you what you do, that is not what you say anymore. You say, whatever, I'm a professional short-term rental manager. You know, I'm a real estate investor. I'm something for this business because I don't care what you do. If your goal is to leave your job to do this and grow this business, that is the flag that you're waving whenever you're meeting people. Yeah. Not that you work at Google or anywhere else. Like this is what you do now. Yeah. So just fine tuning that a little bit. And I think we do a good job of that in the mastermind of helping people practice that pitch on our Monday calls of like, 
What's your elevator pitch sound like? Yep. Yeah. A lot of mock, a lot of like mock conversations and mock calls. I remember you, you were hammering me on this one too, is, yeah, it was so easy for me to say, I work at Google, right? Cause that, that just kind of goes down a, a certain route and it, it has the name brand of it. But once I switched mentally to start telling people, especially when I joined the new country club mm-hmm. that uh, I'm in real estate, I'm a real estate investor. And they're like, Oh, okay, cool. What do you do? Well, I help investors help second homeowners two to five X their return through short-term rentals. Oh, like Airbnbs. Yes, exactly. Like Airbnbs. Okay, cool. So like, do you have properties around here? Yeah, actually I've got a few, or you could say, no, I, you know, I'm starting this franchise here locally. Cause that's a big thing that if somebody has zero properties and if I'm sure there's people listening that have zero properties and want to get like, have a strong why to get into this business. And they say, oh, I don't have any properties. Like, what do I tell people? It's very simple. It's, hey, I've invested in this business model where I help investors two to five X their returns through short-term rentals, because that's what we see across the board versus long-term rentals. Um, That's all you got to say. And so I invested in this business model. I'm starting a new branch here in insert your market. And you're going to be my first client and I'm going to make this work. Right. It's going to be, this is my, my mission is to make this work for you because I I've invested in this franchise or in this business model. And you know, my background is doing X, Y, Z, whatever your background is, but don't let not having a property, you know, kind of hold you back and from telling people like what you want to do. And that goes back to the beginning of like getting clear on what your why is. Cause if you can harness that, why the, the fear that will come up in those conversations won't be an issue because you already know you're going to be at 20K a month, at 10K a month. So don't let that, hey, I don't have any properties be a, a blocker for you. Do mock conversations with somebody. That's why I tell people on, on my list of seven ways to get co-hosting deals, call your family, call your friends, call your loved ones, check in with them, ask them how they're doing. They're going to ask you. And that's when you give them the elevator pitch, right? That's your like true practice. So, um, that's, you know, do that one thing every day for the first week. I swear that is worth way more than a website and way more than, you know, getting your EIN set up, right? You got to get out there, practice. It's a, I mean, it's a, Daryl said this on his Monday call. He said, it's a contact sport. And when you're starting a business, it's a contact sport, meaning the more contact you have, the better you get. Very simple, just like lifting weights. The more, you know, more times you hit the gym, you're going to get stronger. So it's building that muscle so that you can feel more confident. And then when the right deal comes up, you're ready for it. Yeah. And that'll lead us into our next thing and our final number here in a second. But I'm going to jump on my soapbox for a second. Okay. So one thing that I will encourage everybody to do if you're starting out in co hosting and you don't own any properties, and you have no experience, then you should hire a mentor. And I don't care if it's me or somebody else that has experience, because quite frankly, you're going to be playing with somebody else's livelihood and somebody else's life savings, right? You go, you want to be an investment beggar. You want to be a stockbroker. You want to do anything else. You have to go to college. You have to get a degree. You have to pass all these tests. There's nothing like that yet for us. And so for me, ethically, I feel like if you want to play with your own money and buy a property and try it out on your own, fine. That's cool. But if you're going to take on somebody else's property and you don't know what you're doing, that pisses me off, quite frankly. So like, again, like 
if you're going to do it and you're serious about doing it, find somebody that's done it. Like I said, whether that's me or anybody else, find somebody that's done it and get educated before you go play with somebody else's money, right? The first rule is never lose money. Another rule that I think is more important is never, ever lose somebody else's money ever because your business is going to die before it even starts, right? So you got to know what the hell you're doing, okay? So I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but like if you're going to do it and you want to like grow a legitimate business and know what you're doing, find somebody that's done it like, and just either pay for it or get some type of mentorship, have somebody in your corner. Right. So like when students are looking to get their first deal, we always tell them, put my name and my bio and your name and your bio mm -hmm. on their website as their board of advisors, because then it shows like, Hey, this is our board of advisors. They've got plenty of experience. They've helped thousands of people do this. They've got a portfolio of X all over the country, blah, 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 blah. Or if you, like you said, take the other route and just be honest with your family and friends of like, Hey, I'm starting this new venture. Here's the research I've done. Here's how I'm educating myself. Here's how I'm doing it. And then you go from there. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, last week I hopped on a, um, on a, let's see, I guess a first call with one of, uh, Mongolo, one of our clients, one of our students. And she was so nervous. She was like texting me before, beforehand. And she was like, I don't know. I don't oh, you jumped so, on an investor yeah, meeting with her? I jumped on an investor meeting with her. I said, you know what? I'm free. I'm going to jump on with you. And we had prepared like the proposal and everything, like that little one sheet or that beautiful one sheet that Dave Metapace has for us. Share with us. And, um, and the event, I mean, the investor was great. I mean, she, she had some tough questions, but Mongola handled them brilliantly. I didn't speak. I didn't say anything on the entire call. I mean, I was prepared to, but Mongola answered all the questions. I was DMing her a couple of things, you know, texting her a couple of things to say. Um, but at the end of the call, she was like, all right, this sounds great. Let's move forward. Um, also, do you do some sort of volume discount? And, um, and Mongola said, well, what do you mean by that? And she was like, oh, I'm in escrow for 13 more units. And uh, I wonder if you want to do all of them. Okay. Not a bad first day. And she has none. Like Mongola has zero properties right now. She has no nothing that she is managing currently. Um, so don't let not managing any properties right now hold you back, you know, and find a, find a mentor, find somebody that you jive with that's done this, that, that can help pull you through. So, yeah. so then the last piece is getting the word out there, right? Like, how do you get the word out there? And for me, I was never a natural sales sales guy. I was always an operations guy. I'm a numbers guy. So like doing sales, like scared the shit out of me. Right. So I spent a lot of time thinking strategically of what is the best bang for the buck. If I got to grit through this and force myself to get comfortable with sales, what is the path of least resistance for me? And so there's a few different things that I did and that we recommend to people, especially for those that aren't as like comfortable with quote unquote sales, right? So the first one is going to attending or ideally starting your own meetup focused on short-term rentals. So you're just providing people with value and sharing information that you know about this and you're just creating rapport, right? What we're doing right here, we're just creating, I'm educating and teaching you guys different things and giving you some pointers, right? That's how I started my business is I started doing a monthly meetup called Airbnb Mastery and I ended up landing three clients out of that within six months. And that's how I got like my runway going. The next thing was, meetups and uh, building relationships with real estate agents, right? So if I build good rapport with a real estate agent, ideally an investor friendly real estate agent, right? That can refer business back and forth between us, right? So we've seen so many students have a lot of success with that. Rex talked about it last week on our Friday interview, 
right? Like most people think that you have to pay, you know, real estate agents a commission if they're going to send you folks. You can if you want to, but realistically, you want it to be a reciprocal relationship. So anytime somebody's coming to you, an investor that wants to buy a property, send them to that agent. Mm -hmm. Anytime one of your investors is going to sell their property, send them to that agent, right? So you just want to pass that business back and forth. And what I was doing was creating a sales force for me that already had a relationship with the clients that I wanted to work with. So then they go out, the client already trusts them. They're like, Hey, I've got a great property manager for you. A great co-host for you. Uh, I'll set up a meeting. He can run through some numbers. I'll be on the call with you if you want. When you have that warm introduction, Oh my God, it's so much easier to close people instead of like, they have no idea who you are and you're just like shotgun cold calling people. I did that for a little bit. It was not for me. That's just not my jam. So building relationships with real estate agents, lenders, title companies, closing attorneys, anybody that's involved in real estate transactions in the market that you want to be in, it's going to turn them into a sales force. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. One of my buddies where I live, he, um, let's see, his grandfather started an insurance business and now he's, I guess, third generation and he pretty much runs it now. I mean, his dad's still involved, but he told me that they do like 20 million a year in uh, hospitality insurance. So hotels. And so he basically is opening up his book of here's all the hotels that we insure for. Like, do you want to meet any of these guys? So it's just a good way. And like, I never really asked. I was just like, Hey, that's a, that's a big list you got there. That's, that's quite a book. And he was like, yeah, we're all, I mean, in all 50 States we're doing it. So um, just having those relationships and just, I mean, you never know where one conversation is going to take you. So just be like, go into each conversation with an open mind and not necessarily like a, I'm going to get a sale like right now, just more being interested in like, Hey, how can I help you with your business? You know, you mentioned the real estate, Tyler Coons, a great, um, great agent out in Western North Carolina. Um, I sent him another lead last week. I sent him probably two a month or so just to people that I know or have worked with. And, and he sends me an email back and says like, what can I do for you? Like, how can I help you with your ventures and like your endeavors? And, and, um, and so it's just a, it's a two way street. It's not a, it's not a give pull or anything like that. It's like, it's having the abundance mindset. Cause it's tough at first to like, feel like, you know, you're giving all this value to somebody, you're passing leads to somebody you, you hope for them to reciprocate. But if you have a, a strong relationship with them and you just add value to people, they'll add value back to you. So. 100%. Um, Somebody asked, where can I see the interview with Rex? It's, it's posted right in this Facebook group. We went live on last Friday. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're hearing this, join the uh, Short-Term Mental Secrets Facebook group. So we do these live streams twice a week now. So, yeah. you know, we live stream all the podcasts and we do the Tuesdays with Mike and Mike. And then on Fridays, we just interview different people that have gone through the mastermind to like map out what their journey looked like to just share it with you guys because everybody starts at the same spot. So just again, it's not just me and Mike or me and E. It's like it works for everybody. So the more people that see that and just get one story is going to inspire somebody yeah. to like get out there and take action. So that's the aim with just sharing as many of these stories as possible to just like something's going to click for you and it's going to spark that fire of like, I'm not going to live like this anymore. Right. So that's the goal with all these is to give you guys nuggets, to give you that ammunition to go out there and start taking action and start moving the needle towards the life that you want. Cause I know at the beginning it feels like a long uphill journey, but once you start to build that momentum, man, it just, it starts to snowball pretty quick. And then the last, last suggestion for spreading the word is, is joining these Facebook groups. Word of caution. Don't be that spammy person. That's like, Oh, I can like manage your stuff. Like 
go in, if you're in these groups, just add value, answer questions like jab, 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 right hook. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you can ask for something later, but like lead with value. I, I've been a believer in that. That's how we grew this business. I just kept leading with value, 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 value. And eventually that comes back to you tenfold. But don't always be out there looking for, you know, with your hand out, trying to get something. Start to give value, start to contribute, and then that value will come back to you. Yeah. So um, speaking of that, we want to give you this blueprint. So if you join the Facebook group, just send me, find me in the Facebook group or find Mike and just send me a, a message. Just shoot me a DM and just say, hey, introduce yourself and then say, hey, can I get the, uh, the blueprint and I'll send it to you. So I'll just put it in a PDF format. Um, this way, you know, if you're a big... If you're a beginner or you have, you know, some co-host clients already, this is going to help you. So just shoot me or Mike a message. Um, we'll respond and, and give you this blueprint. It's, I mean, it's two pages long. It's a lot um, more in depth than what we covered today. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. We summarize it for you here in 30 minutes, but um, it is very, very in depth. And um, I'm happy to share that with everybody. And just, you know, if this can help one person, one listener take action, and, and land their first deal this week or this month. I mean, that's worth it to me. So yeah, happy to do it. So again, like my biggest thing for you guys is again, just get really clear on your goals. Like it, that's such the foundation because I know it can sound like it's all sunshine and rainbows. I promise you my journey was not a smooth path. Like you're going to have ups and downs and it's being able to hold on to that vision of why you started. That's what's going to push you through. Like I've seen so many people get started over the years that eventually fade out because that why wasn't strong enough. Mm -hmm. So spend some time getting really clear about that lifestyle you want to have and just go all in on it and just commit to yourself that you're not going to stop until you get it. We were talking about this yesterday. I was like, I just feel like too many people just settle. Like they, they get comfortable and they just settle. So like, don't be that person, man. You only get one shot at life. So like you might as well go all in and eventually those fruits are going to come to fruition. Like we're getting some work done today. We're planning out the next quarter, the next six months. Tomorrow we're going to go hit the golf course for a while and then have a good time. Right. So like, those are the things that I visualized for so long about being able to golf on a Wednesday or being able to like hang out with my son on a random Thursday. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that I cared about. It wasn't fancy cars and everything else. Like it was just, I wanted true time freedom, right? So you can have that. You just got to persist. If you dedicate two years of your life, I promise you, you, you will, your life will be completely different, completely different. But it's like, are you willing to give up those two years to get after it and change everything? So anything else? No. All right. Love it. So again, if you guys want that blueprint that Mike put together, it's part of the mastermind program. Um, he'll PDF it. Just send him or me a DM on Facebook and I uh, will make sure we get it to you guys. So that is it for this week. Hope you guys have an amazing week and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.